seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live radio contact. Podcast. I'm Rob Parks, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me the show this week, as ever. We have Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you all right? Yeah, good. How's your week been, mate? Going down to the yeah. back there, London, where the uh, the streets are paved with gold. Yeah, didn't really see a lot of London. To be honest, I came off the uh, the A40, and it's great to get to that ground. You you, you come you sort of come off the A40 and go round around about, and you're at the ground, and then coming back, you back onto the motorway and see you later so it's great for access it was, it was super but it was a good day out Rob it was really good it was a bit windy uh, the weather on the way home was was terrible it was um, sort of gale force winds and rain and I can't drive in the dark I can't oh, see <laughs> and I was doing about 35 on the M, 35 mile an hour on the M6 in the left hand lane I couldn't see the white lines it was like oh it was scary I was so glad to get home <laughs> so uh, but yeah it was a good trip good result uh, enjoyed the day it was uh, it was a good day out, and um, and yeah, it was good to get another win on the road. Five from seven, that's the most wins we've had away from home in Super League. Five wins, so we've equaled our record. So, yeah, good uh, good, good professional performance. Yeah, I thought you'd be jumping on the train with the players. I thought you'd try and get a, another pitch with Jackson Aston, so you'd have plain train and then get, give them a lift to a game, basically, get the all set. Yeah, well, I didn't know the players were going on the train. That's the, I, I found out when we got to the ground and I spoke to him. And I was talking to Paul Iton and he said, we've, we've come and they had their own carriage and what have you. And I think looking back, it was a good idea, really, because like what all said, it, it, it enabled them to be relaxed and sort of have a stroll around the train. And, you know, you could see that when they, they, they played, they'd not been like cooped up on a coach for four hours. It's a lot shorter on the trains. Well, it took us sort of four hours driving. But if you go on the train, it's only two. So it's, it's half the journey, really, isn't it? So... Uh, so yeah, I would have loved to have gone on the train. I'd look at the prices though on uh, on Friday night, see if we could get a last minute one. But they were like 180 quid for two of us, so it was it was easier to just go in the car. Really. But no, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a nice drive. Not with my eyes at night time. All plus. <laughs> yeah, like a like like a Salford special, like the old days when we went to Blackpool, and uh, we all went on Salford special from Eccles. There was like three, four coaches, loads of Salford fans all converging on Eccles train station. Uh, remember, is it Doncaster? I think would be. It was quite a good day out. Yeah, against Doncaster. It was a good day out. I remember that. I remember it well. Some that good was day. Good. It was a good cup run. I remember the Celtic game. I think it was this, yeah, the quarterfinals and the semifinals at the Celtic Crusaders away in that River Trains Cup, as it was called. And No, we had some good days out that season. And Yeah, that, that's one that sticks in the memory. Yeah, that was the, the original Salford special. So, obviously, at least, at least the players enjoyed the little travel, the trip down to London, picked up the points, which was good news. We'll be talking all about that victory as well. We've got an interview uh, with Ian Watson. Uh, we've got your amateur report. Uh, all the big news coming out of us all for the Devils of the week, both good and bad. And uh, we're going to preview the game against Leeds on uh, on Friday night. So shall we kick it off, Paul, with the with the uh, the game against London and the victory there? Certainly, mate. So let's do it now. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. 
So, Sovereign Devils were victorious away at London. 30 points to 10, Paul. Impressive away win. Continue our away form. Great stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. A, it was a good win. As I said before, a thoroughly professional performance. I thought. I thought we came out. It was. We lost Adam Walker in the in the warm up. He had. He failed a late fitness test. So uh, Matt Flanagan was drafted in and, and, and flashed it well. I thought he performed well on the day. The pack of forwards were really good again. Really solid. Really mobile. Daniel Murray went over for a try as well. His second try in three games, which was a real thrill for the supporters. Jackson Hastings was, was excellent as well, and, and, and Robert Louis in the half. So it was a, a good all-round performance from us. And it, was, it wasn't a flamboyant display and sort of a, a swashbuckling sort of a attacking display. It was we did the basics right. We, we we kept the penalties to a minimum, mistakes to a minimum, and just took our chances when they came. And you know, London had been pretty decent at home this season and it was like men against boys really we, we sort of put them to the sword quite comfortably yeah uh, Salford's Red Devils lineup was nine levels at full back Jake Bibby um, Christian Inu Chris Wellham Daryl Thurts Rob Louie Jackson Hastings Joey Lusick Lee Mossop Josh Jones George Griffin Greg Burke and uh, Josh Wood uh, on the bench uh, for Salford Daniel Murray Ben Nackenbo-White Tyrone McCarthy and Mark Flanagan Mark Flanagan stepped in because Adam Walker failed a late fitness test um, obviously, Ian Watson has rested players before over the season period with Rob Lewis uh, missing out of London. I think he's kind of learned uh, from previous where he's pushed players and then they've got injured. Uh, so I think it's good man management that he's, he's looked at the player and thought, well, I'll, I'll save you this week uh, and we'll look at you know playing again next week. Yeah, certainly. I think, yeah, what did that with, with the Wigan game with Robert Lewis, didn't he? And, you know, obviously, Walker's missed that game. And, you know, you've got guys like uh, Matt Flanagan who are ready to come in and take up the mantle and you know Flash did really well and it'd be good to see Adam Walker back in the side this week against Leeds you know if, he, if he's fully I mean Gil Dudson's back in the squad as well he missed out that game after his after his head knock against Wigan so we've been able to rotate it a bit there and obviously we've had a, a decent week's rest now but that, that's, a, that's a good thing that you know, it's, our squad's not the biggest but at least we've been able to rotate in we've guided through that Easter period and it's tough Easter and really when you think about it we could have got six points you know two wins and, and a close defeat against Wigan we, we've, we've done really well over Easter and Watto and the, the coaching staff have managed the, managed the squad and got the best out of them Does it show how far this club has gone mentally that obviously last season went to London got beat didn't play particularly well this week, this this season, went down, got the job done early. Does that show they've, they've, they've moved forward as a as a group and as a team and as a club? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, last season it was different circumstances, wasn't it? It was the, the, the Super 8, uh, sorry, Middle 8 qualifier playoffs, whatever you want to call it. We didn't have Jackson Hastings in that game either. He got suspended after his uh, challenge on Gareth O'Brien, I think it was, in the Toronto game. So we, we lost it, Hastings, and we looked a bit rudderless in that match. Um, we didn't look like we were going to score all game. I think 11-8, I think it finished up and we were really poor on attack. And I think our attitude wasn't right that day. And I remember rolling up at the ground on Saturday and I remember saying to my dad, you know, we need to be switched on today. We need to have that right attitude and, and go out there, you know, from, from minute one. And if we do, I think I think we'll have too much for London. And that's exactly what we did. We rolled our sleeves up and, as I said before, played a basic game, really. Not taking anything away from Solver, but it was quite a basic sort of game. Nothing flash and, and and just took the chances and that's all you've got to do you know coming on the back of the tough Easter period this this third game is always a difficult one and you know to to play as well as we did and, and not concede penalties not not make mistakes it's all about the two points that game it doesn't matter whether you win it four nil or thirty four nil it was just about getting the two points and, and and we did that another impressive win and you know twelve points 
before the magic weekend is a real solid start to the to the season now. And if you look at the league table, we're we're not a million miles off that, that top five, and we're we're still hanging in. And it's wide open this season, the, the league at the moment. And if we can if we can knock Leeds off on on Friday night, we're right up there with the with the top five. Yeah, and also Nia Levels uh, now sit the top of Super League's uh, Salford Super League try scoring list. Um, is it 66 he's got? Um, top. 66, yeah. Yeah, great. Obviously, fantastic fullback for us. Knows where the line is. Uh, and obviously, top of that list shows how good he is. Yeah, certainly. I mean, he's only 25 years old now. And if you think back to... I'm sure his debut was against Catalan away in 2013. And he scored on his debut for us. And then he scored the week after at Leeds. I remember, it, I think we got hammered about 40 or 14. And he scored a try that he ran right down the touchline. Leeds hugged the touchline and scored a fantastic try. I think that's probably my favourite try he scored for us. But you know, to be playing in the first team now for what six seasons now, he's um, and he's only 25 years old, so he could uh, really rack some tries up if he stays with Salford. And you know, he fully deserves it as well. He's he's had some tough patches in, in his career, hasn't he? And you know, he's still got things to, to work on in his game. He'll probably be the first to admit that. But he's a quality player now. He's maturing into a real quality player. And he's attacking uh, prowess and he's. It's a backup as well. He's always Johnny on the spot in the right place at the right time, and that's that's a great great return, great try return. That yeah, he's, he's the fifth uh, top point scorer in Super League as well um, in a Salford shirt uh, behind Steve Blakely with 588, um, Dan Oldsworth with 439, uh, Johnny Wilshire with 412, Chris Charles with 304, and then Niles Niles got 264. So far, what have all those other guys got in common? They all kick goals. They all goal kickers, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it just shows you Niles, Niles right up there because I don't think Niles kicked a goal for us. No, well, I think what surprised me as well, Dan Oldsworth, he was there for three years, right? That's 71 games, 18 tries, 183 goals, and a drop goal. That was Snicker Blair. He was a decent kicker, though, Dan Oldsworth. Well, yeah. He was quite a steady kicker. Yeah. That's from Snicker Blair on the old Twitter. But, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Like I say, it shows. You know how how far he's come, and obviously, like you said, the other four all kick goals, so they they're going to get more points, aren't they? And he's not not far behind Chris Charles, really. He kicked goal, he kicked a lot of goals, didn't he, for us? He certainly did, yeah. He certainly did. Oh yeah, so fantastic. Happy with that. Uh, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game, and this is what he had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Right, Ian Watson joins me, sat on a comfy leather seat in London. I believe you came down on the train this morning as yeah, well. Yeah, we did. How, how did you find that coming down? Brilliant, mate. Nice the, and relaxing. We, we came down on the Virgin train on a first class, to be fair, as well. You so had your own carriage, you believe, yeah, as well? Yeah, we have. Yeah. No, mate, it's been brilliant. Um, last time we came up here last year, we travelled up on a coach the day before and it took six and a half hours, something like that, to get here. And after the Easter period, we are thinking that the boys don't normally really. Sometimes you don't really sleep well in a new bed in the um, for the first night, so it takes you a little bit of time to adjust to it. So we felt like if um, we let them sleep in their own beds, so they can maximise the recovery at home, sleep in their own beds, get up in the morning, travel in, get the train on there as well, be able to spread about, be able to get up and yeah. walk around rather than being sat down in stiff in a coach or anything like that, or hanging around waiting on a hotel. That, that was the better way for us to go and to be fair it's worked out really well this time that the staff at Virgin 
were outstanding with us, mate, really, to be fair. Thinking back to September last year when you came down here, yeah. the attitude of the players today seemed totally different to that day. Yeah. You came and did a professional job today, 24-0 yeah. up at half-time. You must have been yeah. delighted at half-time. Yeah, no, we, we was really happy with what we did. We spoke about what we wanted to them do in the second half because, obviously, it's on the back of an Easter period and the last thing we wanted to do was kind of... We, we got in a little bit of an arm wrestle um, at one point but we, didn't, we wanted to control the game now and control it with field position um, with how we turned over our sets, really. Um, I'd probably say we, we fell short a little bit of that. Um, a lot, sometimes we did it really well, but inconsistencies, and that's the thing what we need to get really consistent at. So when we're playing the best teams, we're turning everything over on our terms. At this moment in time, we, we're just a little bit inconsistent. Against Warrington, we're outstanding, turned it over all the time on our terms, even though we, we did give a couple of penalties away in that game. Against Wigan, we turned it over really poorly, and then we gave penalties away on the back end of that as well, which cost us. Um, London today, we had a, a really good spell um, first half with how we did it and controlled it. Second half, a little bit inconsistent, but maybe that can be down to a little bit of fatigue and a little bit of concentration with us. You lost Adam Walker in the warm up. Was yeah. that, is it hamstring you said? Yeah, that hamstring. Is, that, is that tightness due to this Easter period? Yeah, probably, mate. He's, he's not played as if for a couple of years, and he's been outstanding for us, mate. Um, his energy he brings to the team is good, and I've seen a couple of the guys. Um, at first but we were bringing in an experienced guy in Mark Flanagan as well today to kind of, to kind of lift that and I thought he did really well from the start of the game to be fair um, Adam was just more cautious mate to be fair just I'm very conscious of how big our squad is we've been on the back of the east so we've come through alright so far Touchwood um, I don't want to lose any, any players going forward so yeah I took Robbie out of the team on um, the Monday um, for similar reasons um, I've done it again with Adam Walker today because I, I can't lose them players going forward we've got a big month in front of us here we're just going to allude to that month in May the month of May is massive some big games in there leads at home next week yep. a cup tie as well how pleased he's to get the four points from Easter because really last week perhaps it should have been six yep. but four's not a bad return yeah no two out of the three is outstanding because we still class this a little bit of this weekend as our Easter as well so two out of the six is outstanding for us um, the three would have been perfect um, but if you'd gone back a couple of years and said that Salford were going were gonna to play Warrington, Wigan and London over the Easter period, then us picking up four points is a good starting point and being in the game against Wigan is a really good kind of positive for us as, as a team and as a group as well going forward. So, like I say, it would have been great to have the six, but to pick up the four has been a really good Easter period for us. Play Leeds at home next Friday. As you said in the press conference, they're the only side that's really touched us up yeah, this season yeah. and done a job on us. Is that now a point to prove against them next yeah, week I and think, the players? Yeah, I think we own one. I think we own one. I think we own. Um, we have a responsibility as a team to show them our, our best performance. I don't think we did that on that day. I thought we were we were poor from the start from the start of the game. To be fair, all the way through, and the boys know that as well. So. We need to go in this one and represent ourselves the right way now. Do you think it's important to get a result at home in front of your home fans as well? Because yeah. with five away wins, I mean, away form's absolutely tremendous. Yeah. I think us and Hull are like the away kings, aren't they? Yeah. But at home, just the one win up to now. Yeah, I think if you look at an, just an away table, we'd probably be sat in the top three, potentially. Um, if you put us and Hull be in the grand final, won't Yeah, we? yeah, that'd be all right. <laughs> yeah. And then I think if you have... Um, if you look at our home table, I think we're probably, well, we would probably be near the bottom end of that as well. So it's something we do need to rectify. Um, but we've got to get our processes right and our performances right to do that. And a couple of players returning today. Lee Moss at back in the side. Yeah. How do you think Lee went? Is, yeah, and Ken Seal, was he not a million miles away from returning now? No, hopefully he's back shortly. Yeah, yeah, he's he's up and running. His, his GPS, he nearly blew it apart last week as well. So that um, gives us a good... Um, oh, bit, bit, bit bit of like an experience and a, and a calibre of player that we, I suppose we it puts pressure them. on to, to um, the, the 
Daryl Alpert's and um, and Bibby James as well, as well doesn't yeah, it? As well, competition it does. for places. Yeah, of course it does. Uh, mate, he's a great player, Kenny. When when he's fit, he will come into the team. He, he's he's that good a player um, for us. So the others are kind of left to fight out from there. So I've been pretty clear with the guys on that as well. That that look when he comes back, he'll, he'll probably potentially go straight back in there. It'll be up to you to compete for the other spot on that as well. And we, we need players like Kenny, that little bit of experience and that. Um, Kind of quality as is different than what what we have at this moment in time. What do you think, Christian Inu brings to the table? How, how have you been impressed with him in yeah. recent weeks? I think he's been really good, mate. Overall, um, he took a little bit of a knock in the second half today, so he kind of just got through it. But he understands how to just get through a kind of a game and manage himself there a little bit. Um, so he did us a real solid one there, really, not having to bring him off in the second half. Um, and he's got through it fine, so he'll be okay next week. But his experience is. Um, his, his kick chase and his catchability as well give us a real threat um, not only attacking wise but defensively as well he's very good at cleaning stuff up and his talk seems to have helped Robbie on the right edge as well and also young Jake Bibby as well he's helping out all the time so he, he's another kind of quality addition above the level what we already had what did Niall Ellis do at the end was it a bang on the nose or, or was it head, it's not yeah, the head injury, no it? he's had to go off just to get his chest because he'd split his face there um, just across which um It'll just just keep him grounded after him cracking um, the Super League record. Yeah, um, certainly will. Yeah, 65 yeah. tries. What a great return! I couldn't yeah. believe that record when I saw it. It's like level with Stuart Little now. So right. two two yeah. good top solver players there. Yeah, no. Just on a, a more serious note, a lot of the supporters have been asking about Jansen Turgut. His absence since the, the Rochdale, uh, sorry, the whole yeah. game. I think it was, wasn't it? Can you tell us a bit more about yeah, that? Yeah, um, I suspended um, Jansen. He just broke um, a club protocol. Um, Anything else will be will be divulged by the club. Um, I'm not going to comment any further on that, but I don't mind saying that we suspended him because we want we want people to buy into being a Salford player and being accountable for what they do. Uh, and we only have a small squad, and we can't we can't carry certain things within the group as well. So yeah, we suspended him, but obviously that will become a little bit clearer as we as we go forward. One final thing today, in. Another try today for Dan Murray. How hard is it to keep that lad grounded? Because it's yeah. two tries in three games now. Yeah, I oh, know he's grounded enough as he is anyway, so he, he sounds is there. But yeah, he, he's enjoying getting on the try scoring charts. I think Lee Mossett was the one more disappointing because he just come off and then uh, Dizzy scored as well where he would have been um, in there in support position. But then he obviously Moose got over for a try later on as well. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us today and enjoy your uh, train, cool. train journey back in first class. I'll see you next Cheers, Friday, mate. Cheers, Paul. Thanks a lot. So, Ian Watson, very happy with the performance. Like like you said, they went down on the train. He was sort of very happy with the facilities and, you know, I, he thought it, it helped the players out preparing for the game. Certainly. I, t- I tell you what, Rob, as well, I mean, you've got to credit London and I'd just like to say thank you to London because the way they treated me going down there, you know, on, on the press list and what have you, they were fantastic. Really, what a welcoming club. The stewards were really friendly. I, I spoke to the the chairman on the way out. He said bye to me at the end of the game. He was in the in the in the car park. He was actually with Mike Stevenson. You know, Steve. Oh, he was he was there. I had a little chat with him on the way out. He's good friends with um, the the London chairman. So uh, what a, what a great club really was a good day. And the, the facilities down there are really good. You know, he had a bit of stick last season saying it was a bit of a bit of a nightmare. It's only a small ground, but it's very very clean, very clean and tidy and. They've got a new temporary stand there behind the goals, and the bit where they do the, the media stuff after the game, the press conference, it's like a little hotel. It's, it's it's a lovely setup down there, a really friendly setup, and uh, no, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the day. And as I said before, if people are going to go next uh, later in the season when we play them in August and you're driving down, 
it's an absolute doddle to get there in the car. It's just off the motorway, and uh, no, I enjoyed it. And I think what I enjoyed it, like you said before, that the lads enjoyed going down on the train. It was uh, some good camaraderie. I saw some of the photographs, and you know, I think I think that the coaching staff nailed it really doing that. It was a good plan. It was like the SAS, wasn't it? In and out, in the train, in and out, get the points. And uh, when it, just after I'd finished interviewing, what we had to sort of run them because they were getting on a coach that was taking them back to Euston Station for the train. Yeah. I think they got quite an early train, so they was in a bit of a panic really to get the get the coach back because you know because London's busy for traffic. So uh, so yeah, it was a it was a good good all round day, mate. Yeah, he, he, he points out that he thought our Easter period was outstanding, uh, winning two from three. Um, I kind of agree with him there. I thought if you look to the, the fixtures, I think two from three is, is very, very good. And obviously, if you look back at the games, should have been three from three, really. We had our chances against Wigan as well. Um, but is, is that us sort of not looking at how, what it should, our expectations should be higher than they are? Um, you, you can always you can always look, look to improve yourself, can't you? And, and look at games and say, oh yeah, we could have won that. You could say that about every game, couldn't you? I mean, look at look at Leeds, our opponents this weekend. I mean, they probably spent an awful lot more money than what we spent in, on the salary cap and the calibre of player they've got, and they're really misfiring, aren't they? They're dead down the other end of the table. So, you know, for the squad we've got, I think we're we're, we're sort of I won't say overachieving, but. We're doing very well. We're doing really well. I've just seen the highlights today on the Super League show from the weekend and in Warrington against Huddersfield. Warrington absolutely battered Huddersfield in the second half. You know, Huddersfield leading it out. Warrington's come there and floored Huddersfield in the second half. And we went there and hammered Warrington. So I think that's that's credit to us. Since that game, they've gone and scored 50 points two weeks running. So that, that, that game on Good Friday, that win there was a, was a remarkable result. And obviously we came close to, to Wigan. We spoke about it last week, didn't we? A couple of errors that cost us that game. But then we bounced back against London. And for me, now it's about the consistency of being able to back that up now. Being able to back the London game up and beat Leeds. Because there's not been many times this season where we've won back-to-back fixtures, have we? We've been sort of win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So if we can back it up this this Friday, Leeds, I think you know, that'll be a, be a real sort of a momentum builder for us. Yeah, that that's the test. Like like you said, Paul, it's, it's about back-to-back wins, isn't it? And... You know, if we do manage to put in a big performance against Leeds and, and beat them, and all that excitement that will come with turning over Leeds at home, that's a, a chance for the club to, to you know, expand and, and, and kind of go outside the bubble and, and let people know we've got a, a great team and a, a great uh, club to follow. And, you know, games like Leeds, where people look at whether Leeds are any good or not, you beat Leeds at home, it doesn't matter whether the bottom of the league or top of the league, people think, oh, so for turn Leeds over. So it's a kind of a game that, you know, Ian Watson says in his in his interview that he thinks that we owe one to Leeds. And I think that's right. I think obviously last time, you know, it was a bit of a performance really wasn't there. And we've got the chance now to, to, to serve up a real good performance, win and send a message. And, that, and that's, that's the key, I think. Not going to say it's like a, a grand final we have to win, but every game is a grand final in a way. So really, it's it's you want to improve your home form. You've got to start winning your own games. That will be Leeds on a Friday. Certainly, certainly. I was going to have a little rant then and tell you about how I feel about Leeds and the game on the, and what the game means to us. But I'll, I'll leave that for our, our preview after. Yeah, we'll save. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll save that for later. But but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It was just when you said that you just touched a nerve really with me when you said about. Um, where Leeds are on the table and I totally agree with you it doesn't make any difference where they are in the league whether they're top, bottom 
doesn't make you know I couldn't give a monkeys about that. It, it's Leeds, like you say, that big, big, big name. But um, I'll, I'll leave that till later on. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I think that's what you know how this club's gonna gonna grow. Is in you've got to be you know Leeds or Wigan or somebody because the fans who are you know we're trying to entice in are the fans that are watching it on the telly or you know like watching the news on the telly and it'll come up on Salford beat Leeds whatever, and they'll think, oh, Salford beat Leeds, or they'll read it in the newspaper that Salford beat Leeds, and they'll think, oh, that's, uh, you know, they, they, they might be doing something now, I'll go down. They're, they're, the, they're the kind of fans that switch on to, to, to victories like that. And obviously, if we do manage to beat Leeds, I think it'll be a big, big momentum shifter for everybody, which is, you know, exciting thing. It's exciting times. We've got a, a really good squad here. You know, we've got good players. The coaching staff are great. The fans are all behind them. It's, it's, only, it's all going one way at the moment and hopefully we'll continue to go in the right direction. Yeah, certainly. Like you said, we, we could do with a win at home as well. We've got an excellent away record, five from seven, but we've only won one game out of six at home, I think. So we, we, we could do with a win at home because not everybody goes to the away games, do they? And it'd be nice to give the home supporters you know, you know, something to cheer and, and, and a good win because that can build momentum. You've got a massive month coming up in May. With some big games. We've got this Leeds game on Friday, then the week after we've got Hulkingston Rovers in the Challenge Cup. We've got the Magic Weekend. We've got some tough trips away from home against St. Helens and Hull. So it's a, it's a really pivotal month now that could shape our season. So if we can get this result against Leeds, you know, momentum could start building. We're going to have 14 points if we if we beat Leeds. That's a, that's a, a really good sort of um, start to the season. As, as a Salford fan, obviously. We've been watching these for years and years and years. Where, at what point do we start looking up and, and you know, look at the fixtures and thinking how many fixtures left, you know, to make sure we're safe? At what well, what point do we think we do we switch that and go how many fixtures to go before we get in the top sort of four or five? Can we still catch four and five? That's the that's the question. When does that happen in the season? Well, I think I think at the moment, like I said to you before, that the the top five for me is wide open. You've got Warrington and Saints. I think you've got Saints who are, who are the best side in the league on, on form at the moment. And then you've got Warrington who are not too far behind them. Then you've got Hull in third place. who have looked a bit in and out for me this season. All right, they've been in the form recently and won a couple of games. You've got Catalan Dragons who are, I think they're just above us, aren't they? Castleford and Wakefield who were, who were always there or thereabouts. But then you've got Leeds and Wigan who are down near the bottom who, who tend to normally be in that top five, don't they? So at the moment, those two, quite a way off the top five and obviously I'd expect Wigan and Leeds to start winning matches but they might not do and they might be too far behind then so there is a, a little space there for us to, if, we, if we are consistent and we string wins together we could keep in touch with that top five and, and who knows I think on our day we're as good as, as we, uh, we're as good as Wakefield and Castleford I think so yeah. on our day and though they're all talking about getting in the top five so, so, so why can't we and you know, looking at the other end at the table oh, London's got six points we've got twelve I don't like saying we're safe and, and, and things like that, but if we were to beat Leeds on Friday, I think 14 points would put us eight points in front of London. That's four wins. And then you're sort of saying, are London going to win four more games than us for the rest of the season? They've only won three. I think we're sort of at the half, just near the halfway stage now, and they've only won three all season. So there'd have to be a massive turnaround in, in form for, for London to overtake us. So I don't think you can ever say you're safe, can you? You can't count your chickens, but... Like what I said in the interview, he's looking up that table. I think it was in the press conference, sorry, someone asked him this, a similar sort of question. And he said, well, we're looking up the table, not, not down the table. But you've always got to be wary, haven't you? 
can always get sucked in in a bit of bad form. But the way we're going at the moment, you've got to just keep looking up and and taking each game as it comes. Yeah, I, I suppose it's just a mindset change, isn't it, really, as, as being a Salford fan. Because last year, looking at it, Witness went down with six. We had 14. We've got 14 now, haven't we? 12. 12. Well, we'll have 14, hopefully, by, by, uh, by Friday. But it, it's, it, it is a mindset change. And I'm, I was guilty of that there. I was thinking, how, how, how long is it until we're safe? And really, we should be thinking, let's get, try and cement ourselves in that in that top four, top five, top six. Because that's where the action is. That's where we all want to be, don't we? Um, and that's where this club needs to be, really, if we want to grow. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, just going back to London, I know there's been some reports in the press this week about them recruiting and, and bringing some players in. Danny Ward, their coach, has mentioned that. But, you know, you, you can't say they're dead and buried yet because if they are going to recruit and bring people in, it might strengthen them because I, I thought they were poor on uh, on Saturday. I think they're the, sort of the poorest side we played this, this season. They didn't really have anything on attack. I don't know whether they've got a few injuries. I'm not. I'm not too sure. But um, you know, if they bring players in, they might get a bit of a surge in, uh, in performances because they beat Wigan and Leeds this season, so they're no mugs. Uh, but we've just got to keep concentrating ourselves, haven't we? And, and what we're doing, we've got a good, we've got a good side at Salford at the moment. We've got a good pair of half backs, some good outside backs, and a nice mobile pack of forwards. And the thing that was worries me is 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 the um, is the size of the squad, and we haven't really been decimated by injuries yet, have we? We've sort of kept a a healthy team and hopefully we can you know escape without anything major you know half that could be a big one for me if Hastings or Louis got injured that that would probably really throw a spanner in our works wouldn't it so providing we can keep them guys fit like the higher levels fit you know spiny team Lussick and, and Burke you lose forward who knows where we can go you just got to keep like I said take each game as it comes and, and just keep progressing as best you can yeah looking at the stats Paul uh, top meeting makers Griffin with 34 uh, Lussick with 30, Burke with 25, Murray with 21. Um, I suppose, obviously, all the action was at London's end in the first half, so they're not going to be making a massive amount of tackles. But, you know, Griffin with 34 is getting near the, the average 40 mark there. Yeah, well, like you say, we, we, we completed our sets really well and and we didn't offer London loads of possession, so we didn't have to do a lot of tackling, really. We, we dictated the pace of the game and... and and dominated the game, especially in that first half. We were very dominant, and you know London were sort of dead and buried at half time, really at twenty four points to nil. So I wouldn't expect us to be doing loads of tackling. Yeah, and obviously last week I I talked about backing up performance. We had I think it was eight or eight players over over a hundred um, last week. We've got we've got quite a lot as well this week. Um, we've got Wellen with one hundred and twenty six meters, Bibby with one hundred and thirteen, Mossop with ninety two, Jones with one hundred and three. Uh, Dan Murray with 120, Olfert with 129, Hastings with 101, uh, and Griffin with 89. So you got what three, six, another eight players who are uh, around at about 100, and, that, and that's that's what you need. That's what teams are. If you know good teams have good momentum and make good meters, and if we're consistently getting, you know, six, seven players over 100 meters every game, that's only a good sign that we're going to be winning that game. Just showed our dominance, I think that as well. What you, you just alluded to there, you know, the likes of likes of Daniel Murray, you know, how good is he in the, the last few weeks? I mean, he's one of my favourite players anyway. But the the effort that lad's putting in, and it's great to see him blossoming into a, to a really good player now, a really confident player as well. You can see his confidence soaring, and you know, getting on the try try scoring charts again, playing with a smile on his face. It's a, it's a joy to see a player like that who's uh, 
know, not come through the system at Salford, but he came to Salford as a, as a very young player from, from Warrington and sort of making his name now at Salford. And uh, that's good to see. And he, last few weeks, he's got over the 100 metre mark. You know, all perks as well. Working really hard. Great, great kick returner. And I think another guy who impressed me on, on Saturday was Jake Bibby. The yards he makes from, from first contacts in the tackle, he's very hard to put down. He worked his socks off again at the, at the weekend, and you know it was it was good to see. But the forward pack again, they, they really dominated London, and that set the platform for us to to get the two points. Yeah, that, that's the the important thing. It's about platform, your forwards and your backs. It's all about momentum, I suppose. And you know we've we, we have struggled in the past, haven't we, to get you know over over the game line? But it doesn't seem last couple of weeks, Paul. It doesn't seem to be a problem. They're, they're going forward in a big way, and and that's you know the the results show that, don't they? Yeah, they do. It was good to see Lee Mossop coming back into the side as well. He's Lee's been out for uh, quite a bit of this season, and he came back in. He looked like he'd never been away. Very, very strong runner, and you know he deserved his try there. He skilled the London players out of the way in the second half to, to charge over. Very strong bloke, and you know he's the captain of the side as well. And we was missing Adam Walk, you know, failing that fitness test. He needed another big man to come in, and, and Mossop stepped up. And like I said, I hope. Adam Walker's fit for this this game on Friday against against Leeds because he's a he'll be a big threat. I mean, you've got Lee Moss up in there as well. You've got some size now to to combat their pack. So you know the pack has, has impressed me this season. And it's he's probably won us the, the six games that we've won. It's, it's like you say, it's the platform and when, when you, once you got the forwards on top, then you you know you're you're giving it the other the other side there. They they lay the foundations for you to win the game. Yeah, big thanks for you to everyone's three word match reports and matter the matches. Um, Gary Williams, job well done. Uh, his man of the match was George Griffin. Uh, Alistair Ward, solid workman-like performance. Um, his man of the match was Nia Levels. Parkett, very professional performance. His man of the match was Joey Lusick. Uh, Tony Frame, Daryl had a blinder. It's great carries. Gets my vote. 80 minutes, please. Uh, Chris and Janet Shenton, um, great away win. Uh, and their man of the match was Daryl Olfurst as well. Uh, and Mike Woodbridge, windy day away. And his man of the match was uh, Jackson Hastings. And finally, Ian Gatwood. Uh, far too easy. Well, I suppose it, it, it was, but maybe well, Salford put the, the hard graft in early to be able to, to make that happen, didn't they, Paul? It wasn't easy, easy. Just Salford you know, made it look easy because they'd done the, the job early. Sometimes it's nice to have it easy, Rob. How many times have we been buried off teams, especially at home? Over the years, and other teams have had it easy. So I'd take a few, uh, a few easy wins if it's going to get us into that top five. But no, I think I think London worked hard, but I think we outclassed them. We had a bit too much for them, and uh, um, I wouldn't say it was a, a mega easy game. But you know, twenty four nil at half time, I felt pretty confident. Um, I remember saying to my dad though, just for half time, when we scored that that try, I said, mm, I think we've got this in the bag now. And he looked at me and he said. No, I think we need one more. We need to score <laughs> yeah. again after that. <laughs> and that's that's our mentality as a solvent supporter, isn't it? We always seem to think we might need another one there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I remember saying that at Watson the other week. I think we was 30, 30 points up in that game. So I think we need another score. <laughs> so, uh, you know, one thing you can't say about solvent supporters, we're not sort of, um, we don't count our chickens, do we? We don't gloat. We always we were always very humble and, you know, we don't expect too much, do we? Well, it's a, ro- a rollercoaster ride, and that's why we all... Yeah. That's how we all love it because it's it's always well it always was unpredictable and you know you'd you'd think you'd think we were going to you know win and then we'd snatch defeat from the jaws of victory like the other way around we we thought we'd get beat and then we'd snatch a victory out of nowhere and and that's what you know supporting you know a team's all about isn't it you you get you go for the eyes and and you you go for the lows and 
you know, watching sports all about. You take the rough with a smooth, don't you, Rob? Mm. You take the yeah. rough with a smooth, and you just uh, you just take it as you find it, don't you? Know, that's that's why I've always done. You go and you, you don't expect too much, and just just cheer the team on, and whatever happens, happens. You can only go do your bit as a as a voice, a small voice in the crowd, can't you? And uh, you know, whatever happens, happens on the day. You want the best for your team, but you know, if they get beat, you, you soak suck it up, don't you? And uh, have a whinge to yourself, and then turn up again next week and. It carries on again, doesn't it? So uh, yeah, I love it, mate. Yeah, we all love it, don't we, Paul? And that's that's what it's all about. You know, as long as the players are, you know, are working hard, and you can see that, you know, whatever the result, you know, no one really it doesn't really matter. You can try give everything they've got, and you know, if they get beat, they get beat, and that's the that's the bottom line in it, really. That's the way I look at it, anyway. Yeah, you're spot on, and I think in this in this team, you know, over the years, you could probably question certain players' efforts and their attitudes and. With this side we've got now, though, they do they do put that effort in every week, and I don't want to do them a just service, but there's probably players in that team that aren't sort of star players really, and you know the supporters might scoff at them and say, oh, I don't rate him or I don't rate that guy, I don't know how he gets in your team and all that, but what sort of gets the best out of them? Um, and we are a team, aren't we? You know, there's no real supers. I mean, you've got Hastings there, he's a, he's a very good player. But he's a very young player and he's sort of an unproven guy, really. So he's sort of coming up on the up. He's not like a current test player, is he? If you know what I mean. But the rest of the guys are, have done really well and you can't you can't lack their effort. And the effort's there every week for all to see. And uh, no, it, no it's, it's great. I mean, that's why I was so disappointed at the Wigan game because we put so much in and I thought we deserved to to get something out of the game and uh, no you can't fault the effort the effort's been been, been great every every week this season yeah and I think obviously the things we do with sports so we get to see the other side of it don't we as well where players are just walking about they're just like normal people they're not on the field they're just sort of normal blokes walking through and you can see either the, the happiness when they win or, or the, the, the dejection when they get beat and it just because it's just for me it's just like a bit makes it a bit more real when before it was a bit like you know, I thought it was a bit like a beauty. You know, we just wheeled them on the pitch, they played, and we put them back in a box. But it's not like that, is it? You know, the, the, these people are human beings as well, aren't they? And you've got emotions, you've got feelings, and you know, it's it's. I suppose it's a difficult thing to to, to 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 sort of identify when you're on a terrace that you know they're just people like everyone else, aren't they? They're doing a job. It's their job, brother. I mean, I was reading quite a lot of stuff about the off, off contracts this week, and you know, rumours of players going in there and everywhere. When you think about it. I always think to myself, a player is not a supporter. A player is a player and that's his job. So you might find, yeah, the players will, will try their hardest for you and put all their effort in, but they're not sort of, they're, they're different to us, I suppose. It's, it's a funny one. They're, they're not sort of living and breathing that team forever, are they, like we are until the, the day you die? Because they're only there for a certain amount of time and then they'll move on to somewhere else and not question them, but that that's how I always think about it anyway. And, uh, but yeah, they are. They, they, they do the job, aren't they? And they put their bodies on the line every week. And you do. You see them coming out after the match, and you know some sometimes are hobbling out of there, aren't they? And then they, they've got to go home, and you've got to get in your bed and wake up the next morning when you probably feel like you've been hit by a bus or something, don't you? Sometimes some of the hits that they take and that. And no, we, we don't. It's like you say there. We, they're not Sabutio players, are they? You just sit in cotton wool all week and then go out. They, they've got families and, and kids and things like that as well, haven't they? And, and worries probably as well, but. You know, I think they do a great job, and the team spirit we've got at Salford's spot on. Yeah, I think you, you kind of you see some players like you get kind of like involved in in the in the emotion of it all. You know, obviously the crowd singing, and you know it, it kind of 
some players, it, it becomes part of them. Some obviously, you know, they might not have that, you know, that moment where they think, well, this is what this is what it's all about. But some do, and it's 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 kind of you can see the players who it means that much more to than the players who who are there. Obviously, you know, they're playing with their mates. You know, they're a team. They're together. They're all working, you know, trying to win as a team. But some it just means a little bit more, and you can, you can see it, can't you, in their eyes sometimes? I think. Yeah, well, all players at all clubs have all come from different backgrounds, haven't they? They've all had different experiences. You know, some players will have played international games and played in front of massive crowds, and then. You know, it might be it might be a bit blase to them. They might think, you know, coming to Salford isn't 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 that because I've played in front of so many people at somewhere else. But some of the younger lads, you know, you've only got to look at Daniel Murray I mentioned him, but when he's gone over his tries the last couple of weeks, what it means to him, the passion he shows, and you know, it, you, you can really see the the buzz on it on his face, and uh, you know, that, that's great to see as a supporter. And I think I think that Daniel is so well liked by the fans. I know he's a real he's a real crowd favourite because he's a very down to earth kid, and uh, he speaks to people on, on on Twitter. I know, and he has his little fan club. Of, well, his big fan club now. He's got quite a lot of people who are following. Him. I think that's great to see that you know, you know, young blokes that it means an awful lot to, and watching them progress into to real classic players and higher levels is another one. You know, Jake Bibby, they've they've done really well for us now, haven't they? And we're reaping the rewards from it. We've we've got quite a young team at Salford. And, We've got some exciting players coming through, and uh, let's just hope we can we can stick hold of them. You've got to keep hold of them. That's the thing. You build a, a nucleus of a side that that it matters to, and you, and you 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 build on top of that. Yeah, you've got superstars who'll come in. He'll take you to the next level. But if you're the foot soldiers, it matters that much more to them that this team will go and go. And we like you said, we have got a nucleus of of, of players, you know, who are eight out of tenners. And that, that's how that's how good I think this team is. When before we've had t- we've had teams before with players who are six out of teners, and that's the difference. This this team is enough good quality players, you know, to win games, which we we would usually lose. We've got a good spine now, Rob. We've we've got a decent spine, and I know things are a bit uncertain about next season whether Jackson's going to stay, whether Robert Louis going to stay, whether Joey Lussick's going to stay. But we we don't know, do we? You cross that bridge when you come to it. I mean, I I try not to think about the next season. I'm just enjoying this season at the moment because I think I said to somebody the other day, how many times have, have you gone to Salford and we've been struggling down the bottom of Super League and getting licked at home and, and going away from home just trying to keep the score down at places like St. Helens, Wigan and Leeds and now you get the feeling that we can we can compete against those sides now this season and that, that's why I'm enjoying it because we're going away from home to grounds and, and picking up results like we did at Warrington the other week and you know, looking to this game on, on Friday against Leeds I mean over the years it's been a nightmare playing Leeds and it might be on Friday again but I really believe we can win this game on Friday with the, the team that we've got and uh, you know, I think that, that, that's credit to the, the side and the way they're playing yeah, it's not. It's about no fear, because obviously you go to these teams and, and sometimes you freeze, don't you? And I don't think this 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 team. There's no fear. It, they they know they're good enough when it matters. And that and that's 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 my opinion on it. I think there's there's enough good quality players in that team when when you know they're in the trenches and it matters and there's something that has to has to be found. If somebody will find something, hopefully. <laughs> but I I think there's enough quality players to do that. And we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, we'll carry on this good form through the rest of the season, and we'll be in the top four, five, six, and we'll we'll take it from there. Then, Paul. Yeah, and like I said before, the, the cup as well. We've got the Challenge Cup to look forward yeah. to, and I'm just hoping our names on on that trophy as well. Because what a fantastic season that would be if we could get to Wembley and 
you know, finishing the, if we don't make the top five, we don't make the top five, but I think a top half of the table finish, it'd be good. You know, last season we finished second bottom, I think, didn't we, in the regular season. So anything's going to be an improvement on that if we can finish above 11th in the table and sort of get 7th, 8th, 9th, 6th, whatever. What will be will be, but a trip to Wembley or something like that would be, be fantastic for the club, it really would. But we've just got to keep taking each game as it comes and and, and build this momentum. And It's going to be a pivotal time now. The season fixtures are sort of coming thick and fast, aren't they now? And, I've got some tough away games to come as well. We've hopefully got some players coming back from injury as well. Greg Johnson, Ken Seo, I don't think is far away from coming back. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a big plus for us when he comes back into the team. I think Ed Chamberlain's got quite a bit to, to go yet before he comes back. But I think Ken is going to be a big plus when he comes back into the side. Yeah. So that's our uh, review of the, uh, the London win. Next up on the podcast, what we'll do, is we'll have all the, the, the news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So what we'll do is, Paul, we've got a lot of news to call through. Go both good and bad. Um, so we'll start with Jansen Turgut, who has been suspended by the club. Ian Watson revealed it in your interview, the breaking club protocol. Obviously, we don't know what is, what's happened. The club are investigating it, uh, and I'm sure they'll come to the decision and then let everyone know what the situation is. Yeah, because if you go on social media, Rob, there's there's that many rumours. I think there's about 20 rumours on there of what Jensen's done. and It annoys me sometimes because people don't know. And I'm not going to have a rant, but I think sometimes we like Twitter and Facebook and you get people on there who say, oh, my source has told me this and I makes me such a player. I think people sometimes need to realise that you're not best mates with, with a player. You know him through social media and that. And, and it gets on my nerves sometimes when I see that and these rumours and that so nobody knows what, what Jansen's done I don't know what Jansen's done you know people were asking me on, on Saturday night what what, what I would spoke what, what I would said to me all what I said to me was what was on the interview I didn't ask for anything else because I respect him and I wouldn't you know I wouldn't want him to tell me so I asked him if I could ask him the question um, and he said yeah of course you can and he had that answer ready so, so that, that's all, all I know about it and it's hard to comment really when you don't know what what Jansen's done. Um, so we'll have to just wait and see. I'm that is disappointing, but we don't really know what he's done, so we, we can't really we say much more than that. Yeah, we don't know what he's done. We don't know what he hasn't done. That's the that's the way it is. I'm sure that the club will you know will make a decision and let you know people know what the situation is, and that's and that's the way it is, isn't it really? Uh, better news. Uh, Adam Lawton um, is going on loan to Swinton. Obviously had a not been able to break into the first team, um, going on off to Lund- uh, off to Swinton uh, for a month's loan. Uh, we'll do him a world of good. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the last time he played, I think it was at Wakefield, and he did look a bit off the pace, and his fitness didn't look where it needed to be for, for Super League. You know, Super League fast, and he's been out of the game for a couple of years, hasn't he? And he's probably finding it difficult to, to get up to speed. What I said that a few times, but we've spoke about about Adam in, in the games he's played. He's he, he needs to get he needs that game time under his belt, I think, and it'll do him the world of good. I think he was doing really good at Rochdale Hornets when he was there on a loan over in the season and perhaps we brought him back a bit earlier or his loan run out or whatever. But this this loan spell at Swinton will do him the world of you know, they're getting good tests every week. Swinton in the championship. Now. They've got Witness this weekend. So Witness are, are a good side. So that'll give give Adam a, a chance to test himself against his former club there. And uh, no, I wish him well. I hope he comes back a, a better and, and fitter player. 
Yeah, because that's what it's all about, Paul, isn't it? I suppose it's about development. Uh, he obviously got the chance to go to Swinton and to, you know, to further his, you know, his performance this season. And if he gets fit and, and starts to play, and you know, who knows, he might come back later in the season and and, and work hard and uh, and break into our first team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's got the opportunity, hasn't he? And that's that's a good thing with um, you know, loan players out. I mean. It's difficult in in years gone by. You'd have had an A team, wouldn't you? You'd have your, your A team, your reserves team, and you could have could have got in some game time in there. But times have changed now, and not every team has a has a reserve team, do you? So the the loan thing worked. I wasn't a big fan of due registration, I must admit. But um, you know, a month's loan at our our neighbours Swinton, I think, will do Adam the world of good. And it's a good level as well. The championship. There's some there's some good sides, some very competitive sides, and we've got to look at the league table and it's a decent standard of rugby league as well. So uh, I think it'll definitely help him get up to speed because the lad's got potential. He's a, he's a big lad, you know. He's, uh, I, I like what I've seen in him. He's just looked a bit off off the off the pace for me in the, in the games that he has played in. But no, that's not his fault. He's working hard, I'm sure, and uh, you know this will this will benefit him. Ian Watson's done the right thing, I think. Yeah, he's also uh, celebrating the birth of his daughter Charlotte Penelope Lawton as well. Uh, so congratulations um, to Adam from everyone on the podcast. Um, yeah, obviously, hopefully he'll get a successful run out of Swinton and come back fitter and stronger. Yeah, congratulations as well on the, on the birth of your daughter. That's uh, great news. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news. Um, Friday night, uh, Langley the Reds take over at the AJ Bell Stadium. One of our local amateur sides uh, are having a sort of a big event at the stadium. They've got training with the uh, the Salford Devils coaches on the outside pitches. Uh, they've got bucket collections going around the, the stadium as well. I think it's great that you know our one of our premier um, amateur sides in the in the area get get the opportunity to promote themselves and the amateur game at such a big game at Leeds. Yeah, certainly. I know there's a there's a massive amount of people coming from language. I, I was watching the video today that was advertising that I think Neil Blackburn was on and. Uh, it was it was good to see. I think there's 250 of them coming, so that that's going to help to swell the crowd up and, and get the interest going. I think they're doing some training, aren't they, with the the coaches from the club, and you know they'll be on the pitch as well. So that's that's going to be a great experience for those those youngsters at Langworthy, and you know they're a really traditional club in the heartland of Salford, and you know, to get those those guys and their families and the mums and dads and things like that coming to the game, it's going to build a great atmosphere on Friday. I, I can't wait for Friday. That's going to be great. But you know, I hope they all enjoy it and they have a, have a brilliant night and they see you. Uh, See you at Salford Victory. Yeah, talking about Neil Blackburn, he was on uh, Salford City Radio on uh, what's happening in Salford, uh, getting outside the bubble, letting the people of Salford know on the station uh, that the club are you know, doing great things in the area, which is always good. Yeah, you should have got him on Sports Home, Rob. Should have done. Should have done. I've had him on before. We've had him on before, haven't we? Neil is a yeah. great talker. Um, he, he's very, um, you know, he knows his stuff, doesn't he? He, he tells us all about what the, uh, the foundation are doing. Uh, and I think it's great. We talk every week about getting outside the bubble, and you know things like that make a difference because the, the people of Salford who listen to uh, Salford City Radio and that, uh, you know, you get a message from there, from the station. And if Neil Blackburn gets the opportunity to go on a, a show and promote the foundation and the club and and what they're doing, that's only going to be a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, and, and people are working overtime off the off the field, aren't they? To, you know, we've said it before, haven't we, Rob? There's not a massive amount of people at Salford. Is you look at Warrington, they've got God, how many people work at Warrington? The staff they've got there. I mean, we're skeleton staff, really, aren't we? And the, 
the people who are, who are working at Salford are sort of doing more than one job, aren't they, to, to keep the club afloat and keep the club going. So, um, you know, hats off to them. I think they're the, sort of the ground troops, aren't they, at the club, these guys. And, you know, the foundation guys, they do a great job to keep us going and, and spread the word of the club. And that's what it's all about. And I'm sure you're going to mention our our other friend in the... Uh, in the news, who's been outside Old Trafford and, and, and City's ground trying to promote the club because that's that's tremendous as well. I've seen that this week on social media. Have I stole your thunder there, Rob? You might have done. Yeah, you have actually because I've got my list started here. <laughs> you stole mine last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, well, we've, we've seen the picture, haven't we, uh, you know, outside Old Trafford. The, the fan was, is called Steve Lang. He's a, he's a season ticket holder at Salford and he took it upon himself, Paul, to stand... Uh, outside the, the the stadium, um, sort of advertising Salford Devils and you know how how we want how we want more fans to come and watch and obviously off his own back this as well. It's just it's just amazing. I I would say people do you know big you no know, little things don't they like and every, yeah. every bit matters. But to to like say for him just off his own back to write a message on on a board and then go and stand outside both the Etihad and Old Trafford trying to promote games is is. Top draw, and I, you know, I salute him. I tip me up to him. It just shows you. Anything. Yeah, it, it just shows you, Rob, what what this Salford RLFC means to people. It's a massive part of people's lives, isn't it? and I, I saw that the other day, and I recognised that guy straight away. I, I don't know him personally, but I've seen his face, and I think he's been watching Salford an awful long time. And if it's the guy I'm thinking of. He normally has a, a really old Salford shirt on a Cambrian soft drinks when I'm sure it's him. And, and I'm dead jealous of him because he was at Warrington and it's a fantastic shirt, the old sort of late 80s, early 90s shirt. He always has that on. I'm pretty sure it's him. And um, yeah, it, you know, to go and do that in your own time, you know, great stuff, isn't it? And uh, you know, people like that need applauding because uh, the great effort and and it just, just gets our name out there and just shows other people that there's some great people watching Salford and uh, who love the club. Yeah, because obviously, you know, crowds is always a, always a thing, and it people talk about, you know, whether we get a lot of fans or not a lot of fans, and you know, for him to go out of his out of his way, you know, do such a you know a, a big thing as well, like, you know, we, obviously there's lots of other people doing lots of things as well. We have got Steve McCarthy, he does a, a Northern Soul night, and he likes to promote the club when it when he does that as well. Um, Molly Robinson, she drops uh, leaflets at her work uh, promoting games as well. You know, we, we do the Sports Zone on Solver City Radio because I think with, with the Sports Zone, my main aim for that, obviously, to get better at radio and what we're doing now, was to promote the club outside the air, outside the bubble. And I think we do that on the Sports Zone, but, but it's only like an hour a week compared to, you know, Steve Lang sat outside Old Trafford for three hours. It's, a, it's, it's I don't think it's in the same, same ballpark, really, for the amount of effort we put into it. No, no, it was tremendous to see, and um, you know, I, I saw it. I think it was on Facebook. I saw it. And, no, it, it just shows you people are willing to to do stuff for the club, and it's heartwarming, really, because you know we do get jip about our crowd sometimes, don't we? And to be honest with you, I don't really worry about the crowd. I think it's not the be all and end all. If people want to go, people will go. Won't they? If they don't go, they don't. Well, you can't force people to go, can you? You can only do your best, can't you? And, and tell people about it. And um, I think the momentum thing's a big thing for me. If we can keep winning matches and win home games and progress in the cup, people are going to get interested, aren't they? People are going to take sit up and take note. Like you said before, you know, people will notice it on the news. Oh, wow, Salford have beat Leeds or Salford have beat Wigan or Salford have progressed in the cup, Salford in the semi-finals. That's what gets people talking. And, uh, you know, but what that, what that guy's done there is a you know, tremendous effort. 
Yeah, I think what it is, Paul, it's about promoting the club with what capacity you have. Because obviously some people might have three and four hours spare. Some people might only have an hour. But it's just doing that little bit, whether it's, like you say, handing leaflets out in, in your local town centre or, like you say, handing leaflets out at work or putting a poster in a in, in your window at home or the new local news agent or the local pub. You know, it's, it's just whatever. Or just sharing the fixtures on, on your social media. You know, so all your social media friends can, you know, there's a game on as well. You know, it's all about capacity. And if you've got that spare capacity and you, and you think you can do something, because that little thing will make a big difference. If we all just did that little bit, then this, this, then who knows what could happen. We could, we could go into a massive thing. Yeah, but people get sick of me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, me and you, we're always posting and sharing stuff, aren't we? Yeah, we? yeah. Well, I think with, with, with that, you've got to be careful because you can't kind of, you don't want to spam them, but you just want to, you want them to have it enough just to, to notice you're there. Yeah. So previously on the podcast, when we were early doors, I did a bit, I did a lot of spamming early, but I, I wanted it, I did it so we could grow an audience and it worked and that's why I did it. But now, obviously, we've got a, a hardcore thousand and one thousand one hundred and forty seven people who tune into the podcast and, and you know follow the page you know yeah we, we do we do love to, to you know expand on that and because obviously the club have got you know I think twenty three thousand or something like that so there's the fans who, who obviously aren't engaged with us yet but the more fans who you know share our podcast and share our previews you know with everyone else you know our podcast will grow and hopefully the the the, the club's Crowds will grow as well, which is great news. Yeah, it'd be yeah, nice. It'd be nice. Well, hopefully, once they the club might sort of share us, that'd be nice of them, and uh, well, you know, give us give us sort of a a bit of a sharing of their sort of twenty three thousand followers. That'd be good if we could grow with one side. But I think I you never know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they share podcasts or radio shows as like a general rule. Right. Which is, you know, I think that's what it is, but. You know, if, if, if you if you like to share it, they share it, if you, which would be fantastic. But I think it's just a, I think it's like a rule that they don't, and that's probably why. Not. But I don't, I don't see it as a, you know, it's one of them things, isn't it? The rules. Yeah, be, we just do what we can do, Rob, don't we? And uh, you just, you just do your best, don't you? And do the shows every week, and I do a bits of writing, and you do bits of bits of writing. We do the interviews, and you just got to do your best, haven't you? And I find it difficult sometimes in the daytime finding time to, to do things and yeah. staying at night sometimes and I, I do quite a lot of stuff in my van at work in between jobs and that and it's just uh, I don't know you just do your best don't you and, uh, and, and just, just crack on with it yeah it just obviously like you say when you're editing podcasts and it's like one in the morning and you think oh I've got to do it now but then like you say you get people listening you get people saying how good it is and how much they enjoy it and you know how, it, how much it means to them and it, it kind of gives you that lift on it you think to yourself all that hard work you put in in you know the wee small hours of the morning makes it all worth it when people say they like it and that's and that's 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 what it's all about people you know this podcast is there to to you know promote the club and the good things that happen to to both people inside our bubble and people outside who might tune in because it's a good believe podcast and really want to know what's going on at Salford Devils and that's what it's there for and it's there to you know to service the bubble and, and the people who are interested. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate, definitely, and I don't think we really think of it as a as a hindrance, really. It's just a oh. fan, 
just a part of your week, isn't it? And you know, I know when I do the amateur reports, I have a little routine. I'll do it on a Monday, sort of Monday dinner time, and you, you just get in the routine of doing it, don't you? And uh, and we, I enjoy every minute of it, really, mate. So, uh, so it's good. It's hard work, but it's but it's good. And if it spreads the the name the name of the club and just gets us one or two more supporters and one or two more people interested, I think it's all worthwhile. Yeah, other other fans are doing great things as well. Uh, we've got Chris. He's from Wolfton Rangers, and he's running ten k every week for the State of Mind charity. Wolston Rovers. Wolston Rovers. He's done, I've got it here, I think he's done 17 so far. Right. He's done uh, 17 out of 52 so far this year. That, that's, that's amazing, I think, to run 10k every week that, for the State of Mind charity. That shows, you know, he's, he's got art and, and he's only 14 as well, which is unbelievable as well. It's just, you know, that hats off to him. What an amazing uh, job he's doing. You can uh, sponsor him. He's got a Just Give Him page as well. We put that on our Facebook page. Um, so it'd be great if he could uh, get a few quid in his uh, tin for the state of mind. Yeah, definitely a great cause. And, yeah, well done to him, you know, to be doing ten, that many 10K. 10K is, 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 is it's a tough tough running, that. I mean, I can't run that far anymore. But that, that's good going, that. And, you know, that's off to you, lad. Keep, you keep doing it and uh, keep raising the money and keep yourself fit. Yeah, and, and don't forget the state of mind lads doing the, the climbing the mountains as well. They're they're doing a fantastic job as well for that for that charity. Somewhat for the soul, yeah. I've uh, I've seen them a lot on on, on Facebook and their own the, the pages. They have the Twitter and, and things like that. And everyone's getting behind them. It's been great to see players and Watto give them a mention as well. So they're doing really good. They they did Snowden, didn't they? Was it last weekend? So or the weekend before? So they're doing really good. And uh, you know, it's a great initiative that they've, they've set up those lads. You know, just to, to go out and do that off their own back as well. And, you know, they've organised it all, sorted it all out, and you know they're doing it with a smile on their face. You know, good luck to them. Yeah, and uh, Stuart Smart, one of our listeners, uh, ran the London Marathon this week as well, which is a uh, an amazing feat, 26 miles. Uh, congratulations to him. Yeah, I, I caught a bit of the London Marathon. The highlights on the telly it's Sunday afternoon, and uh, I was amazed. Some of the people that sort of run around in fancy dress. There was a bloke that was doing it in a, a telephone, not, not a telephone box, um, a post box, dressed as a post box. And I thought <laughs> I couldn't run like a mile dressed like, that and he just ran twenty six. But no, it's a great effort. You see, you see some of them, you know, people who are injured and people who are walking it, all shapes and sizes for people and. All age age groups of people. I think it's a great thing to do. I mean, I'd love to do it at a marathon, but I don't know whether my knees would take it. That's one thing I did notice about when I was watching them all running. I said to my wife, I went, bloody hell, they all look like they're in agony. You know, their knees are about to give way. So, uh, no credit to them because a lot of them did it for charities and, and things like that. And, uh, Stuart Smart, he's, I, I don't know Stuart that well. I spoke to him a couple of times at matches and he's my friend on Facebook, but he's a, he's a really nice guy when I spoke to him and uh, he does a lot of running. He's always running on, on Facebook. He's training and, and doing runs and that. He's a super fit guy and, uh, you know, congratulations to him. I believe he got himself on telly as well. I think he was on the BBC, so uh, so well done. And I hope you had a few beers after uh, on Sunday night, mate. Yeah, I was about to say he loves it. I don't think there's a... I'm his mate on Facebook as well. And I don't think there's not a post where he isn't running. 
think every day. No, he seems to run every morning. So that's yeah. what I mean. He put he puts the hours in, it and, and that's what it's all about. If you if you train for something and then then you 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 do it at the end and, and you finish it, you know that's what all the hard work that you've done, all those like, getting up early in the morning, going running in the dark in the freezing cold. When you when he crossed that finish line on, on Sunday, that must have, he must have thought, wow, it's all worthwhile now. Just to, to do a marathon, it's like a it's a it's a mega achievement. That twenty six miles, that is that is some going. That and you know you deserve a lot of credit for that. That's a, that's a proper top effort. That. Yeah, he might throw a curveball. His next post might just be him sat on a couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep, you know, keep it moving. You know what I mean? It's uh, but yeah, congratulations to him. Great effort. Um, you know, well done from everyone on the uh, the pod. Um, next bit of news, Paul. Um, Marquee offer on the uh, on beers uh, before the Leeds game. Two pound fifty a pint uh, up to quarter to seven. Uh, hopefully that'll get a few people nearer the ground pre-match and build a bit of atmosphere, which is only going to help. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Don't, don't you have to say your your thing now? Drink, please drink this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said it to me the other week about gambling. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> please drink responsibly. <laughs> Even though it's two pound fifty a pint, make sure you're responsible. Uh, yeah. Make sure you're responsible and bring loads of change with you. Get <laughs> 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 changes. I think change is a, a bit of a commodity. You know, because my wife runs this uh, vintage tea room. It's so difficult to get change. You know when people, you know, to get change. Because it's all card now. It's all, you know, tapping people, tapping cards. And, yeah. you know, it's hard, difficult. Banks won't just, you know, give you, you know, a bag full of one, bag full of can you, can you pay sort of contactless at, at Salford in the marquee or is it cash? Um, good question. I'm sure the club might, well, let us know. I think, I'm thinking it might be contactless, but. Most places do it now, don't they? Yeah, you think so. But like I said, it's difficult with change. It's not an easy job. But I suppose it's £2.50 is a nice round number, isn't it? So you're going to be dealing with quids and 50p's, aren't you, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, when I went to London on, on Saturday, we went on the uh, on the way there. My dad said to us, do you want to go on the, the M6 toll road? We said, why? He said, well, it might be busy going through Birmingham's football and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Right. So we went to the, the toll plaza and you drive down the motorway and then you get to the thing where you pay. And uh, my dad went, just, just get your card out. Went, what? I said, I thought you had to throw cash into that sort of basket. Oh, no, you can do contactless now on your card. So you can do it everywhere. And it's, I think, I don't know, perhaps I'm a bit of a technophobe, but I think it's amazing. It's um, It makes life so much easier, doesn't it? You know, you don't have to fart around looking for change and, yeah, yeah. you know, going swapping change and that. So does your missus have a, have a contactless? Yeah, she can do contactless, yeah, yeah. If you don't have any, any cash at all, you can, you can tap your card on the old the old, uh, contactless payment thing, pay for your cake and tea and stuff. Uh, yeah. Amazing, that's great. It is, it is. I just think with with contactless payments, it's like you just—it's just a number in it. You know, you just tap it. You think, oh, it's fifteen quid. Just tap it. But if you had fifteen quid in your hand, you think, well, that's a bit of money. That's a bit of money. You know, yeah. you lose that kind of the value of, of money because it's just a number on a screen, isn't it? And that yeah. well, you, well, you can understand how people spend loads of money on nights out. I mean, I don't really go out for nights out as, as much as I used to do. But I was talking to one of the younger lads at work the other day, and he said, "Oh, so Paul, I can I can do three hundred pound a night in on a Saturday night if I go into Manchester." I said, "What? You do three hundred pound in?" I said, "How?" And I was thinking, good, he must take, have a big wallet, you know, for a big wad of cash. But he said, oh, no, it's contactless. You know, I, I paid to go in this club and, you know, it's £10 a, a cocktail or whatever. And I thought, blimey, I suppose it soon adds up, doesn't it? But when you're doing contactless, I thought you can only spend so much on contactless. But um, no, I bet it, when you've had a few beers as well and you keep tapping your card, I bet when you wake up the next day and you, 
you check your bank balance and oh, I spent three hundred pounds last night. I think that that that's when it can start to get a bit dangerous. I think. Yeah, I won't come. I won't come over. Spent three hundred quid. You imagine? <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think cash cash is best. I think just so you know, just so you know, we have that. Remember when I used to go home and away on the train? I'd, I'd always sort of use cash rather than be card. Just so well, you your budget, don't you draw out? It's like every time I've been to like the races or the greyhounds or whatever, yeah. I always take a certain amount of cash with me, and when that's gone, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you print take plenty of cash Friday for these uh, two pound fifty pints before what to. What, seven? But drink responsibly. But drink, but drink responsibly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, obviously, final bit of news, Paul. First uh, of May um, is, is the um, the sign where players can talk to other clubs about joining for next season. Uh, people have been, obviously, like you said, linked before you know, with other clubs. Um, it would be interesting to see, obviously, because we'll be, we'll be trying to entice other players into it works both ways. Players yeah. will be tempted, but we'll be tempting players, especially in our position we're in now, you know, near the top of the league. People are going to be looking at us thinking, well, if Salford will continue this farm, they'll be definitely safe next season, which means I'll definitely come. Yeah, I think with, with the calibre of a player we've got at Salford at the moment, you, you might be enticing players to, to, to come. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I know we've got quite a lot of players who are off contracts at the end of the season, and it's going to be interesting to see. Who goes? I know the the rumour mill started at the weekend, and it with, with Robert Louis. I, I think it was Matthew Shaw, one of the journalists from League Express, tweeted that he was going to OKR, and um, so we we don't know, do we? we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I said to somebody on the week, I think I said it to my dad as well on the way home on, on Saturday. I mean, a lot can happen. OKR are near the bottom of the table, and they could get relegated. Uh, Tim Sheens might resign, he might get sacked. You don't know what's going to happen, do you, between now and the end of the season? So it is a bit of a minefield, isn't it? But yeah, first of May, you can officially start talking to, to, to clubs and, and and agents can start talking. I, to be honest with you, I think agents do it all year round anyway. I don't think they particularly wait for the first of May. You know, you get players getting tapped up all the time, don't you, these days? But we'll have to just wait and see what happens. But I'm sure Watto and the coaching staff, Martin Gleeson, they're. Um, they're targeting people and they've got they've got names and irons in the fire that they're uh, they're, they're looking at, at the moment. I wonder I wonder if the obviously Ian Blees and Ian Watson have sort of lists different lists the different situations whether they'll think we're in this situation we're top, towards the top of the table these are the players we want. You know I wonder if they, if they have a different list for different occasions. Um, I don't know. It, it, I suppose a lot of it's your finances as well, isn't it? But we're, we're not probably the richest club in the country so you you sort of tied by finances aren't you in the, in the salary cap as well and it's probably difficult isn't it because you don't know what players you're going to obtain or do they I don't know whether you know do, does Ian Blaze and Ian Watson know you know Robert Lewis is going to go next season have they been told we don't know what goes on behind the scenes do we so I bet I bet they do have lists that, that are drawn up and, and things like that um, and they'll have sort of Guys who will be prioritising, won't they? And if we don't get him, then we'll go for that guy. I mean, I think that's always gone on. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I think it always is. You know, you, you usually sign players that you, you'd never even think about, about signing, would you? You know, some some name will come up and you think, oh, I, didn't, I never thought of going for him. So it'd be, it'd be, it'd be good to see who we start to target. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for the next few weeks and seeing what the situation is. So that's all the, the news uh, coming out of Soul Red Devils this week, Paul. Uh, next up on the Devil and Eater, what we'll do, we'll have a look what the amateur team's all about with you in your amateur report.
Right, well here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. There's only one place to start this week, that's in the National Conference Leagues. And we won't start in the Premier Division this week, we'll start in Division 3. Salford City Roosters went away from home to the Lee Sports Village to take on Lee East on Saturday. Lee East top of the table with six wins and just two defeats from their opening eight games. Salford City Roosters have ripped up the record book and the form book as well and they've got the result. They won by 30 points to 16. The Roosters lined up with Andrew Muscat at fullback, Dan Malola lower on the wing, Josh Houghton, Christian Higgins, Tom Southern. The halfbacks were Paul Morgan and Jordan Parker. Mark Jones, John Openshaw, Mark Gilligan, Tom Pratt, George Kemp and Ricky Openshaw completed the lineup. The substitutes were all used. Steve Barry, Joe Walsh, Lee Murphy and Kenny Sackfield. The tries come from Gillingham, Higgins, Parker got two and Jones got the other one. Openshaw, Jay Openshaw. John Openshaw, sorry, with five goals out of five. Mark Gilligan was your man of the match. They led 10-6 at half-time, but they came up out with a 30 points to 16 win in the end. So a fantastic result to Salford City Roosters. That's really kick-started their season. Now lifted them off the bottom of the table. So Hensington have now dropped to the bottom. So great win for the Roosters and good luck this coming weekend. The rest of the scores in Division 1, Alton Raiders beat Saddleworth by 32 points to 22. In Division 3, Hunslet Warriors 22, Oldham St. Anne's 20. And Waterhead Warriors had a good result. They beat bottom side Hensington by 23. Three points to 12 coming back from a 12-8 deficit at half time the Premier Division this week the fixtures are Saturday the 4th of May Rochdale Mayfield travel to Lock Lane in Division 1 also on Saturday Saddleworth Rangers against Milford and Division 3 there's three fixtures there Hunslet Warriors are at home to Wathead Warriors Oldham St Anne's play Hewith and Salford City Roosters return they play against Eastmoor Dragons at home on Saturday there was some really tragic news last week coming from the world of amateur rugby. The Rochdale Mayfield's match was postponed with Thornhill Trojans. There in mourning for a popular player, Martin Holland, who passed away at Easter. The Dewsbury Outfit's premier fixture, as I said, was against Rochdale Mayfield's postponed. The teams rest to observe a minute silence before the rest of Saturday's games in the Kingston Press National League. Martin Holland was only 28. He lost his life in tragic circumstances during the night of Easter Sunday, leaving a partner and two children. Funeral arrangements are yet to be confirmed. Meanwhile, there's a Just Giving page that has been opened up. That's at www.justgiving.com. Crowdfunding slash Martin Holland as of Sunday the £2,000 target has already been more than double so that's tragic news and you know our condolences with everybody at Farnell Trojans and, and Martin's family as well really tragic news there We'll turn our attentions now to the North West Men's League. There was no youth and junior action this week but we have got the fixtures and results from the North West Men's League there as follows in the Premier Division Shevington Sharks 34, Rochdale Mayfield A16. In Division 1, Wigan St Cuthbert's 22, Folly Lane 10. Witness Tigers 10, Oldham St Anne's A20. In Division 2, Wigan St Jude's A22, Hindpool Tigers 32. Berry Broncos 36, Wigan St Pat's A16. And Lee Minor Rangers just out, edged out Langworthy Reds. They won by 12 points to 6. That was Lee Minor Rangers A12, Langworthy Reds 6. In Division 4, Rochdale Cobras 18, Runcorn 22, Chester Gladiators 26, Saddleworth Rangers A22, Salford City Roosters A0, Newton Storm 44, that was in Division 5, and also in Division 5, Higginshaw 0, Goldbourne Parkside 10. So the fixtures for this Saturday, the 4th of May, in Division 1, it's Folly Lane at home to Holton Sims Cross. Division 2, Berry Broncos play Pilkington Rex A, and Division 4, Rochdale Cobras play Chester Gladiators, Saddleworth Rangers A play Garswood Stags, and there's one fixture in Division 5, that's Salford City Roosters A against Blackpool Stanley. Well finally this week we'll turn our attention to Women's Rugby League. It's the Challenge Cup this weekend, the Coral Challenge Cup and the fixtures are out Sunday the 5th of May. It's the Army Rugby League against Huddersfield Giants, Featherstone Rovers against Stanley, Halifax against Hull KR, Keithley Albion against Hull FC, the RAF Ladies against Lincoln.
is Rochdale Hornets against Barrow, Warrington Wolves against Wigan St. Patrick's and Widnes Vikings against the Ulton Redettes. So good luck to all the ladies playing in Challenge Cup action this weekend. The Women's Super League results are in. These games were played on Sunday the 28th of April. Bradford Bulls beat Wakefield by 60 points to 6. Castleford Tigers beat Leeds Rhinos 27 points to 0. St. Helens 54, Featherstone Rovers 16, York City Knights 0, Wigan Warriors 62. On Monday the 22nd of April there was a good result for St. Helens. They beat Bradford Bulls 24 points to nil and Catalans 6, Castleford 54. In the Championship, Barrow 22, Lee Minor Rangers 22, Hull FC 24, Huddersfield 10, Alton Reddits 10, Witness Vikings 10, Warrington Wolves 30, Stanley 16 and in League 1, Cutsyke 24, Hull KR 6, Halifax 32, Rochdale Hornets 10 and the West Leeds Eagles ladies 46, the Whitley Bay Barbarians 16. So uh, congratulations to all our ladies there and good luck to them in the Challenge Cup this week and we'll keep you posted on the results and fixtures next week. That's all I've got for you this week on the Amateur Report. I shall see you at Salford on Friday night for our massive clash with Leeds Rhinos. Take care. So that was Paul's amateur report, looking at all the amateur scene. And next up, we're going to be talking about the Leeds game on Friday night. It's time for the devil of the So, so for a devil's at home to Leeds Rhinos, Paul. Like I said before. We played Leeds before this season, put in a bit of a rubbish performance, we'll call it. Chance to make amends. It certainly is. It certainly is a chance to make amends against a side that have given us so much pain and heartache over the years. And, you know, that I don't just mean in Super League here. I mean, throughout the sort of 80s and 90s as well, we've not really had the, a good run against Leeds for a while. Even in the 70s, they seem to, to beat us, you know, countless amounts of times but the Super League record now is it's woeful against Leeds I think they've won is it 23 out of 20 oh, well, I think we've won two, we've won two at home in Super League I think they've won 22 or 23 of them so it's pathetic really it's a, it's a terrible record and something that you know Ian Watson and the players want to put right and, and I don't think they'd so much look at the, the past because they wasn't involved then but no what I think was I won't say embarrassed, but he was a bit mad about the game this season because they're the only side that's really touched us up this season and really, really put us to the sword. And, you know, you look at the way they're struggling and, and, and we should be looking again. gain a result. They've, they've got some good players, let's, let's, not, let's have it right, and they're still a big side and they, they spend a lot of money. They've got a big Australian coach in, in David Ferner. They're, they're a juggernaut, aren't they, when it comes to, you know, the size of the club. They're a massive, massive, well-supported club and one of the powerhouses of the game, aren't they? But uh, we've got to be confident on Friday night. We've got to go into this game and uh, show them no mercy, really. You know, go out there from minute one and, and and really play like we mean it, you know, from from tackle one, put the put the big hits in, get those big forwards, forwards running at Leeds, put them under pressure. And I think if you put Leeds under pressure like the sides have done this season, I think they'll crack. So the anxiety comes from us, the fans, because we've seen... Us, beat, us get beat by Leeds many different ways, many different times, haven't we? So the whole, you know, players getting edgy, feeling edgy, you know, making mistakes when they wouldn't normally do, is that us putting sort of anxiety onto them because we're thinking, why are we not beating Leeds? Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day and 
see why why have we never beat Leeds? I, I read my yellow book a lot, my, my Salford Bible, you know, the old scores and looking back to the, the seventy four season when we beat them sixty one thirteen at home, we absolutely battered them. But two weeks before, they beat us ten six at Leeds and Salford took fifty six coaches that day. We were doing really well in the league. It was Challenge Cup and um you know, we was expected to perhaps perhaps turn them over and they didn't. They did a job on us. And a couple of weeks before that they beat us in the John Player trophy. So I don't think we've ever beat him in a cup cup tournament before. They always seem to turn us over, and it it just seems a, a crazy record. And I thought to myself, is it just a coincidence that they always seem to be? Is it, is it just you know one of them things that they played better on the day and they won? And I thought, no, it there must be something in that. There's, there's got to be, hasn't there? You can't just keep losing to it to the same side, can you? All, all the time. So I don't know. Is it a psychological thing? Is it? I don't know what, what's the word I'm looking for. It just seems odd to me that we. Can I think, we... me first of all, I think it's a mixture of Leeds Rhino, the name, because it's Leeds Rhino, and they they always find a way of winning. I think it's mm. fans like us who've watched us get beat many different ways against Leeds, even though we looked like we were going to win, but we didn't. And you're thinking, you know, are we going to throw this away? And that anxiety. Spreads and then the play. What about over the last 40 years, though, Rob, since sort of the, the late 70s? Gonna... I don't think we beat him in the 80s. I think we might have beaten once in the 80s, early 80s, and, and all the way through the 80s and the 90s, they beat us. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't lead rhinos then. They weren't as good as what they have been in this last sort of decade. All right, they've always been a powerhouse club, they've always been challenged, they've always been at cup finals on a regular basis. Uh, but they did have a balance spell of about 20 years where they didn't win much. But they've always seemed to, to beat us, no matter how. Crap, they've been. You but, know what I mean? Yeah, they, they have been leagues, but they might not have been winning stuff. But they did have, you know, world class players. Yeah, they've always been they, sort of a yeah a, a club a club that's been awash with money for me. Yeah, they've never really been struggling. Have they? They've always yeah. had like sort of quality players there, haven't they? If you go back to the nineties, they had Ellery Hanley there playing for Andy Gregory playing for them there. So they've yeah. always had big name players, haven't they? I think they just yeah. flattered to deceive, haven't they? But yeah. they've always seemed to do the business against us. But what what I'm saying to you is. In close games like that, somebody finds something. Yeah. And and it doesn't. And like like we said before, when we talked about the the Wigan game a couple of weeks ago, when when there's a crucial moment in a game, some teams freeze, and some teams react. And you find the top teams, the Wiggins and the Saints, and the Leeds, they find something. They'll react mm. to the, the 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 moment and come out on top. Teams like us, historically, something big happens in a game where, you know, we need to shut it down or we need to kill the play, and nobody is able to do that. And that's the difference. That's the difference between the likes of Wigan and Leeds and Saints, and you know, people like us and Hull KR and you know Wakefield. The the big games, historically, Leeds and Wigan have found something, and that's why and that's why they are where they are because then it feeds into that. Sort of mentality that Wigan or Leeds will will come out on top because we always do. Mm. And, and yeah, well, comes a vicious circle then because you you know well you're thinking they'll they'll, they'll find something there. You know they'll yeah. find something, but it's breaking that circle. It's breaking that that vicious circle of you know this is Leeds. It's like Saints, you know, Bet Ellen's come back from the dead many many times playing you know unbelievable rugby and you know at the death to win games, aren't they? And mm. when you play Saints, you look at that clock and there's like two minutes to go. And you're thinking they'll find something. A bit like Man United, you know, under under Ferguson, you know, they all there was always one goal 
in the end. They, they knew we just knew that United will score at the end. It doesn't matter how long it, how long they play play for. When it when the chance come, they take it. And that and that's the difference. And that's that's where we are. We need to learn how to do that, and then learn how to do it, and then continue to do it time after time after time to change your mentality of the club because that you go from a club that you know thinks we're going to throw this away to a club that we're going to win this like the million pound miracle because that's a turning point for me because before then we've had, we've we've been in games haven't we where we run out of time or we throw the ball dead or we make a mistake or something but that game it turned out you know it it, it was a miracle and it, and it kind of like it changed the whole club's mentality from that point because we knew uh, when it, when the chips were down and we were looking into the abyss, we found something. We had to go deep, deep into into our soul, we'll say it, to to get there. And now people are thinking, well, we did it, and we did it in the million pound miracle. We can do it now. Yeah. How many times have we beat Leeds since the million pound miracle? Really? I don't think we have. Well, <laughs> so that's that's what we need to turn around, don't we? It's yeah. like the conundrum of. Um, Ellen's away. We haven't won at St. Ellen's away for 39, over 39 years now, yeah. since January 1980. So, so why? All the other teams have done it. Wakefield have won there, Huddersfield have won there, I think. Yeah. Um, so Castleford have won there. And, and we haven't, what we won at Leeds once since 1977. It's just mad. It's just a mad, mad record. And, and to me, that there's got to be something in that. There's got to be something more than that. It's got to be sort of endemic in the club that mm. there's a bit of a belief or sort of um, an inferiority to, to that, that going to that ground where we've got a bit of a complex about us or we can't win here. You know, he's in a massive club and we've got to get over that. And like, like you said there, you, you've done that in the million pound game and you've got to believe now. I think it's about belief. You've got to go out on Friday and think, you know, not give a toss about their reputation and, and what they've won in the last 20 years or whatever. We've got to go out there, play our own game, be confident in what we can do because we're a good side. Look at the way we've torn Catalan and, and, and Warrington apart away from home. If we can put that into practice at home, we can we can bury Leeds on Friday. Do you remember that Saints game that we went to where Matty Smith dropped the goal from about yep. 50 yards out? We were, what was it, three scores ahead with about 10 minutes to go, eight minutes 24, ago. 24-8 up, yeah. Yeah, and... They scored, and the atmosphere just changed. Yep. Because the fans and we knew what was coming. We knew what was going to happen, and they knew what was going to happen. And then players kind of trying to started to trying to solve problems themselves rather than being disciplined enough just to play the set. But mm. they, you could sense the anxiety, and they could sense the Saints fans knowing they were going to win it. They were going to do this. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's so difficult to stop that momentum in it. Yeah. In a definitely. game when you get momentum. It's, it's a killer. The only way you're going to stop momentum is spoiling it and trying to and trying to shut the play down and trying to stop their, you know, their their goal their goal their goal forward. But you know, remember that that game was a killer. That game. So I just thought as soon as they started coming back, I thought this, this is us done here. And I knew that 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 had kill us because we were that far ahead and we were, we were playing well, weren't we? Up to that point. Remember after yeah. that the, we got beat by Saints, our season kind of started to wobble a bit after that, didn't it? Yeah. It, like that was the if you look back that might have been the turning point for our season where that belief was was shook because we were a bit like oh it's, we haven't we haven't quite got to where we need to be maybe yeah it's, it's funny it's it's a belief thing I think sometimes and just being able to 
you know, you've got to approach it with the right attitude, I think. And you, you need a bounce of the ball sometimes and a bit of luck as well to beat these these big sides, don't you? But um, Ian Watson could become one of a one of few to beat Leeds three times. He's beat Leeds twice um, in his, his tenure as coach. In the 2016 season, we beat him home 14-10. And we beat him last season, didn't we, 38-18, I think it was, when Hastings made his debut. So he's beat Leeds twice. And I can only remember Sean McRae beating Leeds once when we won at Edinburgh. Carl Harrison never beat Leeds. Andy Gregory didn't beat Leeds. Uh, come on, who's our other coaches that we had since? Steve uh, McCormick, he didn't beat Leeds. Harvey. So, John Harvey never beat Leeds. Um, Phil Beavers didn't beat Leeds. Brian Noble didn't beat Leeds. So Watson's beaten three, ta- three times. He wins on Friday. So he, he's probably going to be up there with some of the, the great coaches of, of, the, of the 70s. He is. He is. And, and I say he's on a took us to a semi-final as well. That's another thing as well. He, he's, he up, he's up there, you know, with, with the best Salford coaches we've had. In the circumstances he's Slowly but surely, Rob, I, I believe in that now because someone asked me a couple of years ago, you know, we were talking about coaches that I can't remember I was chatting to now and I said, oh, I think Andy Gregory was a big favourite of mine and, but I thought, Carl Harrison, I, I loved the time of Salford under Carl and, and what he brought to us and the promotions and that. And, and as the last few years have gone on, Ian Watson's right up there now with, with Carl and, and Andy Gregory for me, and he's done a great job. And he keeps giving us these, he keeps giving us these away days. These, these. I don't think I've, I said it to you the other week. I don't think any coach in the years I've been watching Salford has given me as many happy away days as what Ian Watson's given us. You know, yeah. some of the great wins we've had away from home. You know, not just winning, but absolutely battering teams that you'd never expect us to. So, uh, so yeah, I just hope it works for out for what I want on Friday night and we get the rewards because he was disappointed when we, we lost the Leeds earlier in the season. I think I think the supporters deserve that sort of night in the that sort of day in the sun, night in the sun, if you, if you like, against Leeds. And uh, it'd be a great result for us and and really build momentum. And we're crying out for a big performance at home, aren't we? Just, just, to, just to get that interest in, in the crowd, you know, generate the, a big crowd and generate that buzz. I know there's a buzz at the moment, but, you know, beating Leeds on Friday, I think it'd give everyone a massive buzz, especially with the cup game coming up the week after. Yeah, before we start talking about weather in, in a, uh, on Friday, I think the main difference between what all and Carl Harrison was. Carl Harrison targeted games to win, while Ian Watson wants to win every game. And it kind of that's the difference between the, the club, the mentality of the club then, and the mentality we're trying to build now. So this club thinks we ha- we have to try and win every game rather than we'll put our eggs into one basket, and then if we do sort of lose one, we should really win. We have to find some somewhere else. When Ian Watson saying. You know, we're trying to build a culture here where we want to win every week, and that's the difference for me. That's why I think he's a better, a better coach than two. Yeah, it, it it takes a while to build cultures, doesn't it? It's not something you can you can build overnight. And you know that ethos that Ian's trying to instill in the club, or he's instilled over the last few years, I think has took us a long way now, hasn't it? And we've mentioned it about the the caliber of player that we've got, and I think I spoke about the other week about us not we've not been signed. I don't want to sound disrespectful to the players that we've got. Some of the guys we've brought in over the last eighteen months, two years, are not the ones that will make you sit up and and, and say, Oh wow, he's a he's a great player and but the, the guys that have come in, we've got them in really good shape and we're getting the best out of them. That's what that's what Ian's been doing for me. And uh, you know, he, he's building that togetherness and that team spirit and that can take you a long way sometimes, team spirit. Obviously it might not win your trophies and that, but it can take you on 
to, to that next level and then obviously then after that you, you need to, to sign those, those class players to set you up to the, the dizzy heights at the top of the table so he, he's progressed us I think and done a really good job and like you say he does he doesn't target games here. and I think he you can tell when it, when we get beat it, it means a lot to him to, to win that game he wants to win every game he really does and um, I, I just hope he, he gets the result on, on Friday because I think the players deserve it for the effort they've put in so far this season yeah weather it's um, going to be cold, Rob, I think. Is it rain as well? It's raining at about 9 degrees top, so it'll probably be... Mind you, it, could, it could be 25 degrees outside and be blooming freezing at the AJ Bell, because it always is. There's always a big wind blowing, isn't there? So I, I'm definitely taking my big coat on, uh, big on coat. Friday night. Yeah, yeah, big coat on. Um, get ready to be rained. Thermals and big coat. <laughs> Thermals and big coat. Uh, but you'll be all right, because you'll be in the marquee, having base. I'm driving on Friday night. Oh, yeah, well, no, I'm going holiday actually. I'm in trouble yeah. because, yeah, well, I'm supposed to be going on Friday, but um, my family are going Friday dinner time, so I'm I'm meeting them. At, my my mum's sixty on Monday, oh. um, so uh, we're going away for the weekend up somewhere near York. My yeah. sister's going with a new baby and a, a boyfriend, and my mum and dad and my kids and my missus were all going up for uh, just a couple of days up there in. Uh, in York, in, in Yorkshire, I think it's near York, somewhere like that. So, uh, be a nice, relaxing couple of days. So, I'm going straight up after the match. So, I'll probably get there about midnight, I think, after I've got out of the game. So, oh, oh. my wife said it's all right, though. She's yeah. just got no choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to Mummy Whiteside for for, for for end of the week. That's good news. My biggest um, fan. My biggest fan is my mum. My biggest fan, yeah. <laughs> she is my biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, you say York. I went to York once. Um, pretty good actually. Nice place. Uh, yeah, I went. I went to uh, the most hearted pub in York. Uh, I think it's called something like what is it? It's just out. You come out the train station. You're just in front. Of you a big sign saying most hearted pub in York. No, like, most hearted yeah, I think pub. I saw that when we went there. Yeah, we went a couple miss- of years ago. There was it was a bit some weird stuff going on there. I don't know whether there's it's, a lot of pubs there, isn't there in York? There is. Yeah. I don't know if you like float your boat, but I quite enjoyed it in there. Um, I think I think it's just outside York where we're staying. I can't remember my dad's like good with maps and things like that, so I'm sure I'll find it sat in a bit or whatever. But looking forward to a couple of days off work and chilling out, mate. Brilliant. Right. Um your prediction, Paul. I've gone a bit bolder this week, Rob. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm expecting uh, well, I've got a heart prediction and head prediction. I, I I don't know. Leeds always seem to have the wood on us, but I'm not bothered about that this week. I'm going to say Salford 36, Leeds 12. Salford 36, Leeds 12. Higher levels is going to score a hat trick. Hat trick for Evans. Daniel Murray's going to score again. <laughs> okay, if, you, if you had your way, Daniel Murray would score every week. He'd be top try scorer in the Super League. Yeah, he would. He would. He's a smashing lad. Uh, let's have a look. So, Salford Devils. Against Leeds Rhinos after the London performance uh, about you know giving you know Owen Leeds one as as what I said in his interview I'm thinking this week Paul we're going to come out all guns blazing because if we get in, like we did against London start well get into a good lead early control the game we'll win the game like we did. And we beat him when Jackson Aces took his uh, when he is his debut at yeah. home, and he, we, we, we for the first twenty five minutes he was he was unreal, wasn't he? 
and Leeds Rhino. Yeah. That's the way you've got to play Leeds, I think. That's the way we've got to do it. So I'm thinking to myself, uh, it's going to be Salford. Salford. Leeds. Six. Oh, please, God. Please, God, Rob. Oh, please, God. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll take you to Nando's. I'll buy you a Nando's. I'll take you around the Trafford Centre and buy some new clothes. <laughs> I reckon if we could beat Leeds 46 6, that'd, oh, that'd make my year, mate. Yeah. That 40, would make my year. Yeah, 46 6. Um, Lutic will score twice. Two for Lutic, uh, one for Evels. Keep his run, keep his scoring going, and it'll be a masterclass with uh, Louis and Hastings, I reckon. Winners of the game. Uh, I think what? it's down, like you said. I think it's down to um, a good start, Rob. I think you need that good start. You can't afford to let Leeds get a bit of confidence and and get the tails up. I think you need to come out all guns blazing and you know get that get that forward pack running at Leeds. We've got some big men there, haven't we? You know, Dudson, Walker, Josh Jones, George Griffin's another guy who I've not mentioned much on tonight's show. And the the, the minutes he put in again on. On, on Saturday against London, absolutely tremendous effort from them again. So we've got we've got the pack, we've got the pack of forwards that can dominate Leeds and uh, and really 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 shove it up them if you like. And yeah. I just hope we do ourselves justice on on on, on Friday night. Yeah, it's a it's a big game. I think it sends a message. We beat Leeds, you know, at home. It sends a message, and we we saw what happened against London after after last season's defeat. The players, you know, responded, and that's what I think is going to happen again. I hope so, mate. Can't wait. So, so that was the end of this week's uh, podcast, Paul. Another great show. Yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. Really enjoyed it. Really looking forward to Friday. And, uh, yep, bring your big coat because it's going to rain in the cold. Do you remember when we had this uh, chat, pre chat, podcast chat, and we said we'd try and do it in about half an hour? Yeah, I don't how know about how long we've been on. I think we're on about one, one hour 20 before any uh, editing. Oh, dear. Hey. Better get to bed. <laughs> right. Yeah. As long as people enjoy it, that's the main thing, mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's always a pleasure. It's always great talking Sober Devil to you, Paul, every week. Fantastic stuff. And you, mate. I can't wait for Friday. I'll see you there, buddy. Yeah. So you've been listening to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Paul Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at the ITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Day. Live. Radio contact.